Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe, alongside from the Washtenaw Citizen, Jake Mark, a sleepy Jake Mark. Yeah, but I am fired up because. We had a really good pre-show meeting about next week. <laughs> I'm fired up about this. I think this is the, our best idea yet. <laughs> Would you disagree? Sure. Okay. I think Aaron. it's been done a time or two, but I think it's pretty good. I'm excited about uh, we, talking about We get movies. to use the gift of Twitter. So next week we're going to be hyping up the top sports movies of all time. We'll give our own personal list on Thursday. For, our, for top 10 Thursday. Only problem with that is it's so subjective. We each have our own personal taste. So, figured the best way to ultimately do this is we take uh, IMDb has uh, top 20 sports movies. We take that list, we put it in a bracket, we allow the fans to vote round by round to get the ultimate sports movie. So uh, we were talking about this, and I go on Rotten Tomatoes and start going through their uh, <laughs> rankings of the best movies, of, you know, and it's remarkable the movies that are in there, and you're like, whoa. Movies that I've never heard of. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that Creed was at number two. Well, I did like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, some some questionable decisions there. Yeah. IMDb is a little bit better. Sleep overrated, underrated, properly rated. Now with your newborn. Sleep? Oh, it's so <laughs> underrated. <laughs> I crave it. Hey, you got a haircut yesterday, I see. Yeah. Well done. Okay. I, I figured something else <laughs> That's was why you wanted to go on Facebook this morning. You had your new dude. No, I'm thinking, you know, we need to boost our awareness. Yeah. We need to promote the show. Yeah. And I, I ask you, I say, hey, do you want to go on Facebook and promote the show? No, nah, man, I didn't get to do my makeup this morning. <laughs> Isn't that what you said? <laughs> no, makeup was not involved in oh, that Oh, here, sorry. <laughs> makeup is at night, <laughs> not the morning. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Find out how the power of choice can save you money on home and auto insurance. We have some headlines this morning. Yes, we do. Um, we... I guess we can start in the NBA because guess what? The NBA no. rules the offseason. Do we care about Melo? I mean, that dude is so selfish. And has he ever been on a winner? I agree with everything you just yeah. said. He's so wanted in Atlanta, the team that he's traded to, that they're going to cut him <laughs> they're immediately. Gonna, they're going to let him go into free agency. Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> You're cut. Yeah. The, what's interesting about it, though, Aaron? Well, what, what's the deal? All I saw was go Melo going to Atlanta and he's cut. Yes, but he could go to Houston. Yeah. Um, you can bring that franchise down too. Exactly. I think that hurts Houston. <laughs> you know, I 
it, it could possibly work just because of the the system that Houston runs. And you know, when Melo gets hot, he, he's hot, but he shoots way too much. He just takes way too many shots. Like you said, he's a selfish player. I don't see that helping Houston's case, but uh, I'm I'm very curious to see if he goes there because if he does, I, I think that makes them a worse team. I really do. Um, John does bring up he was pretty good at Syracuse. <laughs> How long ago was that? Two thousand four. It's quite a while back. Um, another interesting piece to this that Pelicans fans will be interested in is the fact that Oklahoma City gets Dennis Schroeder from Atlanta. Um, if you don't know him, you probably don't because you probably don't watch the Atlanta Hawks. But he averaged nearly twenty points per game last year, and the Pelicans wanted him. The Pelicans were, were according to some reports, they were in talks to try to get him uh, last couple weeks and. Uh, Obviously, those talks fell through. but uh, So, anyway, Schroeder goes to uh, Oklahoma City now. You wake me up now? Okay. Uh, uh, well, you know what? What else? What else do you want? Uh, Richie says IMDB has Rocky at number two. Rotten Tomatoes is indeed rotten. Good point. So, we had some uh, NBA trade news. Other things, of course, our preseason award watch list continue to come out. Uh, two of our guys featured on the Blitnikoff watch list, of course, uh, honoring the best wide receiver in the country. Teddy Veal and Marcus Green make that list. And then some kid from LSU that we've yet to see play, but, of course, high expectations for Jonathan Jocks. That we've yet to see play. Mm-hmm. For LSU. For LSU. Okay. Yeah, Jonathan Giles, who had over 1,000 yards at Texas Tech, 13 receiving touchdowns. That was in one season, by the way. So, um, I think he's worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, other headlines? We'll do a little uh, SEC media days have wrapped up, and now, of course, Conference yeah. USA, the two-day event over in Frisco, is also in the books. Yeah, well, there's some interesting ones. I, I think um, this Miami Dolphins one is probably the one we should go to next. The fact that, you know, you probably heard by now, Miami was going to um, have some potential disciplinary measures for players protesting during the national anthem. Um, they go to um, submit that paperwork. The, the news gets out. Yeah. A lot of backlash, yeah. as you can imagine. Uh, there's backlash with anything these days. So now the league and the NFLPA uh, issued a joint statement Thursday saying that no new rules relating to the anthem will be issued or enforced for the next several weeks. So basically, it's, been, tab- it's been tabled. Mm-hmm. So um, back- backlash works more today than it ever has. Am I wrong in saying that? I mean, you've yeah, been yeah. around a little bit longer than I have. Yeah. But I just feel like because of social media, people can immediately express their displeasure with something. I mean, we just saw this with Tennessee, which I thought was one of the craziest things uh, we'd seen as far as hirings and, and, and uh, the hiring process. Mm-hmm. But uh, with this, I mean, immediate displeasure, and, I mean, within a day, it's, it's tabled. So if you're in the NFL, send out a test balloon like the Miami Dolphins and see how it goes. And yeah. then all of a sudden you hear all this backlash and like, oh, that didn't work so well. <laughs> Take that toe out of the water. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, a couple other things. E60 is going to do something on the hefty levy. Must see TV. Jared Lorenzen. That has potential to be good. It has potential to be good. Um, I just want to see old footage of him. Of course. Before Kentucky. Even the high school days. Yeah, anything really. Yeah. Um, NOLA.com had something on Rashard Lawrence thought was cool. Uh, the whole story revolved around um, Ed Orgeron's pitch to him at Neville. 
how Ed Orgeron sat in his living room and promised that he would become a captain and that he would be at SEC Media Days. And Richard Lawrence said he's made he's made well on his promises. Mm. And his actual quote was, he told me I was going to be a captain at SEC Media Days and a lot more things that are coming true every day. Our relationship is strong. It's been the same since day one. He hasn't changed. We're in the world where coaches don't tell the kids the truth. Mm. So Richard and Edo still have that strong bond. You were not into the hot dog eating competition. You were not into the World Cup. There's been a number of other things that you have not been into this summer. Will you be into the British Open this weekend? Of course, we are now in round number two. Tommy Fleetwood with the lead right now. He's at five under. Zach Johnson uh, right there at five under also. And uh, Kevin Keisner is also at five under. Talk about the leaderboard. And, of course, uh, yesterday, uh, plenty of opportunities to see Tiger Woods. Kind of an up and down round. But he was at even par ending yesterday. He's out on the course right now. He got off to a shaky start with two bogeys. But then... He followed that up with two birdies, and then just uh, minutes ago, Tiger Woods with a bogey, so he falls back to one over. But, of course, at least he's somewhere in uh, contention, I would say, or at least he could see the leaders from one over where the leaders are at five under. In fact, uh, updated now. Wow, the uh, sorry. technology Fleetwood, is awesome, isn't Fleetwood's it? still at five under. My glasses. I need a new prescription. But Tiger Woods, if he's in contention, or well, that's if, that's if what I was going to say. You, you may flip sure. over and watch some of it. I am at best a casual golf fan, so I need the stars to be in contention. Yeah. There is no greater star than Tiger Woods in golf. Roy McIlroy making a run at it now. He is at, at four under, two under for the day. Yeah. So if you have the big names battling for the prize, does it culminate Sunday? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm just I'm just assuming. I mean, you know. Sorry for laughing at your ignorance. <laughs> if they are in contention Sunday, then I will tune in. And also the beauty of it, it'll be in the morning. It'll probably run into church time again. Though. Then probably not. So there you go. So we'll keep an eye on the leaderboard, and then uh, Matt Reynolds will actually join us at eight o'clock. He's got this argument where he says the British Open is the best major of them all. It's not the British Open anymore. I, I say the British Open. I'm not going to let them say What a rebel. The Open. Uh, major League Baseball update. Of course, we are your home for the Houston Astros. They are opening up the second half of the season on the road versus the Angels. With Alex Bregman leading the way, the Astros are 64-35 and 35 overall. That is your Astros update Beautiful. for today. Man, so much information. Um, I got a little clip here of DeMarcus Cousins. He actually sat down with ESPN and was talking about the whole decision process and, and talked about everything from uh, just that how quick it came and the lack of offers. But here, He throws shade at the Pels? In this clip, he doesn't. He actually talks about the backlash from the league, and I thought it was kind of funny uh, just hearing his side of it because, I mean, we even came on this show pretty fired up about it. Uh, but here is DeMarcus Cousins talking about the decision and the response. I mean, you agreed with the Warriors, and the NBA community went crazy. What was that experience like just watching uh, how social media played out, what people were talking about once they heard you went to the Warriors? Um, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I don't really care. It it, it trip you out at all just to see. I mean, it it, it 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 trips me out to just see like. 
<laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, how angry people <laughs> Not, not just fans though. Not, not just fans. Players too. Not necessarily the players. I mean, I haven't. Tweets. I mean, it's it's tweets, but it's nothing really just over the top. At least, not brought to my knowledge, uh -huh. you know. And um, but you know, it, it's just kind of funny because before the whole thing started, you know, I was kind of just you know wasted. I was you know I was damaged goods, you know, not a winner. Just everything negative. And as soon as it happens, it's like, well, he's too damn good to be, you know? So it's just kind of funny how the narrative switches right away when, you know, things don't go the way they expect it to. Thoughts, Aaron? Who was doing that interview? I, you know, I don't, I didn't even recognize the guy. Um, so I don't know. But I, I, I thought it was classic boogie mm -hmm. that I don't care. Mm -hmm. I, I do believe that. Uh, we have no reason not to believe that. But mm -hmm. the whole talking about the backlash and how we found it funny how people got extremely mad, uh, it just helps with the villain persona. And I'm telling you, I, I don't like the decision to play for the Warriors. I understand they had limited offers, but I just don't like the fact that they're going to have five All-Stars on the team. That said, because of attitudes like that, because of uh, – responses like that and quotes like that it's going to make them even more uh villainous and it's going to help those ratings even more nba is still going to thrive because people want to see the warriors lose even though they won't Tabor says it's chris haynes that was doing the interview mm. well boogie enjoys his eight shots per game <laughs> well work on that contract year I uh, did see this news. Uh, Deuce uh, McAllister has a new gig. He'll be helping out Fox 8 Sports with their uh, commentary and their TV coverage this year. Along with uh, doing? That's a little side gig during the week. Oh, during okay. training camp and things like that. Gotcha. gotcha. So, still no news, of course, on who's replacing Jim Henderson. Well, we the clock know. continues. We to know. We know who it is. There are a few headlines. I'm sure we missed one or two. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by... Louisiana Patriots. Seven o'clock hour, pretty much uh, wide open, but uh, we got more uh, Nick Saban sound to share with you. Cannot get enough of a slick Nick at the SEC. No, Media. sir. Never get enough of slick Nick. We talked about Rashard Lawrence. We may share some more sound from Rashard from SEC Media Days. Also, uh, Jalen Ferguson and Teddy Beal. Big things expected out of those two Bulldogs. We also got another four down segment today and this one will be centered completely around high school football we'll be talking about the biggest storylines heading into the high school football season by the way you took a tour of uh wasman's new uh, field house yesterday what'd you think oh it was sweet it was nice they got an indoor uh indoor turf they've got uh they're gonna have some hot tubs in there they're gonna have um an actual observation deck which is they're gonna use the balcony and rent that out so fans can actually watch the game from the balcony and it's a pretty nice view uh, i got to walk around it man it, it is top notch top of the line uh wasman's moving on up with this thing literally they may have had one of the worst field houses in the state yeah yeah uh not the case anymore yeah. past tense obviously yes. now they go to having one of the best in the state yes all they need is the uh Fire Marshal to approve the hot tub, and they are good to go. Fire Marshal, get over there. Help them out. They <laughs> want to move in. Matt Reynolds will try to make some kind of argument at 8 o'clock. We'll talk a little golf. Him and Jake will go back and forth. W will we? <laughs>
8.30, Corey Diaz will join us from the New Star. He just returned from Conference USA Media Days. We'll get his perspective at 8.45. Joey Trappe for his weekly visit. Did I miss anything? No. No, sir. We are, we are ready to go. It is Friday. Thanks for joining us on The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. We're back after this. Welcome back to The Morning Drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. Hit us up. We want to hear from you at 888-993-7762. During the break, Jake, uh, he always says his, saves his best stuff or his worst stuff for the commercials. But that Miami game for LSU is going to be pretty big. And then the second thing, in seconds after, he followed that up with, I'm looking forward to the teller. <laughs> I miss having the teller on the show. I'm just excited about football season to yeah. have him on and – uh, have him drop that well, knowledge on us. He's kind of like Feinbaum. We're still in negotiations with him. So, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where else he could take his shtick, but maybe he's out there. You know, there are some places that would that would find suit, right? <laughs> some places that have gotten in trouble for saying things. Um, it, well, I, I said the Miami thing just because uh, I was watching SC Media Days yesterday. Uh, actually, Paul Feinbaum's show and Scott Rabelais from The Advocate, yeah. who we've had on the show. Yeah. Uh, he actually visited Feinbaum on the set, and he was saying that in Baton Rouge, this is the first time in Rabelais, if you're looking for an LSU guy, Rabelais is the LSU guy. He's been covering them for decades. Uh, he said that this is the first time uh, since Chris Jackson and Shaquille O'Neal, those days in the 90s, when or, or that LSU fans have been more excited about the basketball season than the football season. Mm. So that's just the feel in Baton Rouge right now. I said this is also first time in a long time that people have actually dreaded the season, and and I was telling you I don't I don't sense that I don't think people are dreading the football season, but I, I do think that Miami game is so important because if they lose that game, it's going to be hard not to be six and six or seven and five. That's crazy to think about an LSU football team having five or six losses. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they win that game, you know, oh yeah, we'll see. Eight and four, maybe nine and three, we'll see. Mm. Other things that stand out. Uh, so Saturday Down South did a craziest things that they saw mm-hmm. at SC Media Days, and I want to run through a couple of them because I failed to talk about Benny Snell, who is just a weird cat. Like he, Benny Snell's the the running back for Kentucky. For those of you who don't know, he's he's been a mainstay at Kentucky. He's Typically gets a thousand yards. You know he's good for a thousand yards every year. So <laughs> Penny Snell not only referenced himself in third person, but he said that he was the best running back in America, not the SEC, in America, <laughs> with guys like you know Bryce Love around. Um, and by the way, well, I think s- the fact that you have to reference who, where Benny Snell plays <laughs> exactly. is probably kind of an issue. But well, people are still shocked that Kentucky plays football, but. Uh, <laughs> I saw this earlier this week where Benny Snell said this, and Darius Geist actually retweeted it and was laughing about it. Um, so that just kind of tells you right there how you know how he's perceived uh, among the league. So he says that he's the best running back in America, and then he also reveals that he is still in the rap game and goes by the name Benny the Bandit. Mm. So Benny Snell is uh, quite quite the character. Um, he rushed for uh, 1,331 yards last year, I believe. Yeah. 19 touchdowns, averaged about five yards hey, per Look, carry. he's a good back. He's not the best back in America. Yeah. 
There, there. Are, I could probably name you ten more backs that I would. Yeah, I could definitely name you ten. He's more had backs. back-to-back one thousand yard seasons. Yeah, that's what I said. He's good for a thousand yards every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good back. Hmm. Um, moving along, Damian Harris. I know you saw this, Aaron. Someone asked him about Alabama's rivals. Damian Harris is the Alabama running back. Damian Harris, who is uh, criminally uh, underestimated. Criminally Don't say criminal and Alabama football program together. <laughs> <laughs> it, right. it doesn't go uh, yeah, together, yeah. does it? Um, no, but I think that you know Damian Harris just isn't getting that preseason buzz that I thought he would. I mean, this guy averaged, what, seven yards per carry, something like that last year? Anyway, they asked him about Alabama's robberies, mm-hmm. and he talked about LSU and Tennessee, and he, and he even talked about Clemson. because and He's Auburn out. He left Auburn out. And they asked, uh, well, what about Auburn? So somebody asked him about that. He said, oh, I forgot about Auburn. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, sir. Interesting uh, choice there to forget Auburn, your greatest rival. Hmm. Uh, Aaron Murray, we've talked about that, What he, his little tiff with Jeremy Pruitt. Um, this other one was Missouri and Florida. So C.C. Jefferson, Florida's defensive lineman, he trashed Missouri's game day environment by saying their field was boring and quiet. These these are the type of things that coaches are supposed to train their players not to say, right? I mean, these are the things. Like, okay, Damian Harris's case, I, he, he actually did. If you actually listen to the audio or watch the video, he legitimately did forget forget Auburn. But he, he didn't mean it, you know, in a disrespectful manner. He just got carried away talking about LSU and Tennessee and, and even talked about Clemson a little bit. And that's why he forgot. This guy, C.C. Jefferson, went out of his way to trash Missouri, an SEC East team who, by the way, beat Florida last year. Um, So to talk about their field, which I agree with. I mean, when you're talking about fields and environments, I put Missouri at the bottom of the list. It's just – I understand what he's saying, but you don't say these things out loud. And I just kind of find it a little bit surprising that today, in today's age where these guys are so media trained that – someone would allow something like that to slip and provide bulletin board material. Mm. Nick Saban wasn't going to provide bulletin board material on, of course, Central Florida. One of the quotes he had, he was asked about their undefeated season last year in the college football playoff system, and he took the high road. Wasn't about to step into that and uh, stir the the beef between Bama. I say a beef between Central Florida and Alabama. Just basically said he had tremendous amount of uh, compassion for UCF and what they accomplished that year and going undefeated. Uh, just went on to say he had a tremendous amount of respect for the players. Yeah. What's no part of that debate? Well, uh, he never does. And, and, but he's still in this, in this quote that he gives, he still kind of takes a subtle jab at them. If you pay attention closely, he does. All right, in terms of Saban and uh, a couple different things, and we talked extensively about how he's handling the quarterback situation and already reprimanding the media for asking questions about the two quarterbacks. But uh, the transfer thing has been a big talking point this offseason. What that means, of course, not having to get a release from the school, and you can, of course, go inside the conference. Saban has certainly been against it. He was asked about uh, where he stands on it now and what it means to college football. Well, I think it's a great rule. I think this is a rule that, um, you know, really benefits players and player development. Uh, it was very difficult for us as coaches to 
uh, make decisions as to whether we should play a player. And when you decided to play a player, you had to make sure he was going to play enough that that would enhance his development so that you wouldn't really waste a year of his eligibility. All right, so now you're going to be able to play the player and enhance his development, and he won't lose that year maybe because he didn't get to play enough to enhance his development. So I think this is a very, very good rule. Uh, I, I don't really think that um, other than the fact that we'll get to play more young players, I don't think this is something that we're going to try to strategically implement to players to try to get players to stay longer because in our case, I don't know how much it would benefit us. Um, we have very few fifth-year players in this day and age of football. Um, you know, we've had 126 players in the last five years play their last game in Alabama with a degree, which means we've had a significant number of guys graduate in three and a half years. That's over 25 guys a year playing. We had 25 guys this year playing in the national championship game that had their degree. So it's going to be more and more difficult to just redshirt people for strategic reasons because they're going to want to either go launch their career or go try to have an opportunity to play in the NFL. So uh, I don't see a strategic advantage. I just think it's a really good advantage for young players to be able to play some and not be able to lose their year, which will enhance their development. All right, that was Saban more on, of course, the redshirt rule than transferring. But uh, that certainly plays into part the Jalen Hurst situation with the redshirt rule. So now he can go to Jalen Hurst and make this argument, of course. You love this you, argument, You by can the way. appear in any four games during the season, and you're still going to have a year of eligibility remaining. You're still going to have the opportunity to graduate from Alabama in December with two years of eligibility remaining. So if Hurts is putting everything together and weighing the pros and the cons, you get an opportunity to stick around. Maybe they let you compete for the starting job. Maybe they don't. Worst case scenario. He's competing. Worst case scenario, you're right in the pine. You may appear in a game or two, or perhaps Tua gets hurt. You still have an opportunity to come in and save Alabama's season. With your, what, 26-2 and two overall career record in the college ranks? Yes, but... And then in December, say, see you, Saban. I'm going somewhere else, and I got two years of eligibility remaining, and I'm about to stick it to you. Well, Alabama fans will say that Hurts, as, as gaudy as that record is, in those big games, he doesn't necessarily have his best moments, right? Those are the games where he is way too inconsistent in throwing the football. I said you said they're going to let him compete, but then he's competing against two, and then two his brother has verbally committed to Alabama too, correct? So you're basically Hertz is going against the entire Tua family. <laughs> the, the Tua family? <laughs> well, I mean, this is funny that you said Tua instead of his last name, but I understand why you didn't yeah. say his last name. Um, you know, as as far as Hertz goes, I I think he's the guy that he's going to compete, he's going to be available, but he's not going to win the job. I've said this since the spring, because when you saw the spring, when you saw that he had not really progressed as a passer, man, he had an awful spring game, and I know you only take you know so much from a spring game, but when you have the leaked audio of the head coach you know, talking about his uh, throwing ability, and it's not very um, it's not very uh, uplifting, you know. I mean, that's all I needed to hear to go, yeah, I mean, Hurts, they want Hurts to be there as a backup, not as a starter. Mm. 
Uh, ben thought that uh, Jalen Hurts had already redshirted. He had not. He arrived in uh, in Alabama January of 2016, and then, of course, he sets foot on campus, and then that season, 2016, just had a remarkable. Season. Well, you remember he he that was the Louisville was it Louisville or USC? I think it might have been USC. That was the USC game where um, he was like the third option, and he just took off. And then uh, I guess Lane Kiffin said, "Yeah, that's my guy." And so he, he was the guy the rest of the year. Uh, we do have one more bite from Saban. I have no idea what this is about, but it is uh, Nick Saban talking about his marriage. Any guess that oh, what, what this I, will lead to? Yeah, I th- well, I think if it's what I think it is, it's just about how many more years he has left in coaching oh. and uh, what Miss Terry has to say about it. So we want to hear from Saban on Terry and the Lake. Well, let me say this. Miss Terry does not want me at home. I can tell you that. She doesn't care if I'm 60, 70, or 80. Um, so she's looking for something for me to do. Now, I really enjoy what I'm doing right now. And as long as I'm healthy and I can do it, I'm going to continue to do it and not worry about any numbers or what my age is or anything like that. Uh, but I would not want to be in the position where I ever rode the program down because I wasn't capable of making a contribution that would be positive to the success of the program. So um, I'm going to continue to do this for as long as I feel like I can make a positive contribution and as long as I feel healthy enough to do it. And, you know, our noontime basketball team was undefeated again this year, so that's always an indicator to me that I can make it through another season. Pretty good bite. Well, 66 years young. You know what's interesting, though, is this the first time he's kind of talked about having the energy and having um, if he's he's not dragging down the program. Uh, Usually he's just saying, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to coach. But uh, that's the first time he's kind of put that uh, tag with it. You think he's got any kind of game on the court? Well, I I saw the whole, uh, what is it called, something basketball association uh, noontime or something mm-hmm. anyway I, I saw that little clip uh, it's actually a good clip produced by ESPN but he apparently he and Jimbo back in the day would uh, make it so that they couldn't lose and Saban said himself that he he makes sure someone guards him that uh, allows him some space to shoot he has a good uh, midcourt uh, I mean a mid-range shot nice Trent on the text line says Saban won't age he sold his soul Trent, you still holding a grudge there, buddy? <laughs> 888-993-7762. Coming up here in the next half hour, we'll play uh, four downs plus uh, sound. Coming up from the Conference USA Media Days, Jalen Ferguson and Teddy Veal. Of course, Veal with a nice preseason honor being named to the Butnikoff Watch Award list. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 back after this. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we haven't played four downs, but uh, earlier in the week, let's do it again. If you've got some music tapes, that would certainly help uh, Jake sound a little bit more convincing. What do we got on four downs, Jake Mike? What do we have on four downs? You know what? Sounds like you're really prepared over there. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I am always prepared, Aaron. I've got it right in front of me. Okay. <laughs> All right, which local district are you most interested in this football? Oh, we're going to talk a little high school football. Yeah, we already made that yes. known. Go ahead. Which uh, local district are you most interested in? I think everybody would say District 2 3 No. Okay, well, Wrong. I'm not. I'm just throwing that out there. District 2 3 this year, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated just because of the Wasp and Carroll dynamic. 
uh, oh, yeah. Sterlington, of course, the number of players that they lost. And some will say, the critics of Sterlington will say, well, maybe they were just a one-year fluke in 3A in that district. We were curious to see how that was going to work out last year with Sterlington. Would they be able to run? Would they be able to compete? I think they did okay. Yeah, and I think they'll are. be okay this year, too. Well, uh, Richwood, do they take a step or two back? Of course, you throw in Madison and then Union, uh, how physical they play. But the thing with the Farmers is that early schedule for them with Airline, Calvary, Rabel, and Manny, it's always tough. I still think Union will be the team to beat this year oh. in the district. Richwood lost so much. Sterlington lost a lot, too. And we're talking about really important positions and positions where guys started for multiple years, like the quarterback position yeah. and the linebacker position. So, essentially, they lost their quarterback on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And, you know, guys that really ran uh, both units really well. So, I look at that and I think, you know, Sterlington's still going to be good. They're still going to compete. They're still going to be – what makes Sterlington good is how good they are in the trenches. And they're still going to have that quality. Yeah. I just, I just wonder about the explosiveness and. Uh, don't forget that uh, C.J. Colvin will be coming back for Sterling. As well he as was Dallas Rager, be a huge in-back player last year before he went down. That's exactly right. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I'm just saying, you know, it's they still have to replace their quarterback, yeah. and I, that's a important position. Uh, the district, though, that I'm looking forward to the most, and I know this may upset a few people out there, but the gap between West Monroe, Washita, and Ruston is getting smaller. Okay, that's exactly uh, the choice I made. District 2-5A, because let's look at the bottom. You've got a team with Ash that has a game changer in Jacobian Guillory, a defensive tackle. He's a guy who has offers from Bama and LSU. I mean, he is a game changer up front. Um, and then you've got Pineville, the interest there with Dennis Dunn. You're shaking your head, but there's still going to be a team of intrigue because we want to see what's the – What's the jump from year one to year two for Dennis Dunn? Mm-hmm. Is that not intriguing? How ba- how well did they recruit this past year? <laughs> That's interesting. Well, uh, we will be the new faces well, on the roster. Well, I mean, don't be surprised if Pineville comes out and looks good this year. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's intriguing. And then you mentioned it: Rustin, West Monroe, and Washita. Washita lost to both Rustin and West Monroe last year by a total of four points. Mm-hmm. A total of four points. Now, Rustin, I would argue that Rustin and West Monroe lost more important pieces than Washita did. Washita has the most uh, seniors that Jeff Fitzgerald has had mm. there at Washita. And they, we all know every year you can count on Washita being athletic. That's not changed. They're going to be athletic once again. So can they make that jump? Can they actually get over the hurdle? West Monroe, like you said, they brand that district. They are the team that you circle when you look at this district every year. But they had some close games in district last year. It's been a long time since we've seen multiple close games in that district, and uh, the gap might be closing. So I'm I'm very intrigued to see what happens in this district. And and not just – it's not saying that West Monroe is uh, taking a big step back. I'm saying that the district's getting better. Mm. Rustin and Washita are getting better. Well, it won't take us long to figure out how good Rustin is. You look at the Bearcats' schedule, those first uh, four weeks with Neville, Acadiana, Airline, and the Longview. They may limp out of that with a 2-2 uh, two and two record or even perhaps worse at 1-3. and three. Longview, man. Yeah. Ooh. And then uh, they'll have West Washita sandwiched in there in week five. And then, of course, they'll dive right into it with West Monroe in week six. 
Yeah. So we agree on that. District 2-5A, last year it was most certainly District 2-3A. I think you have a lot of teams rebuilding, and that's why I go somewhere different this year. All right. Which player is the ultimate swing player in 2018? Meaning, which uh, newcomer or, or which young player do you see as, as as the biggest difference maker in the high school ranks? All right. All I got to do is look at Neville. And, of course, their offensive struggles last year, They, uh, I mean, it wasn't what we were used to seeing from Mickey McCarty in that offensive unit. And a lot of it was just trying to figure out the playmakers and, of course, the situation at quarterback. You got Jordan Thomas coming back, a dual-threat quarterback last year, and, of course, he emerged later on in the year. He's dangerous. Then you throw in the mix that, a, you know, Bubby Brister's kid, Andrew Brister's coming in. He's going to be able to chunk it all over the yard, but you still have an incumbent there in Jordan Thomas. How do they use both of those? And then what does that mean ultimately for Neville's offense? Yeah, and – Wow, the expectations placed on this young kid who's transferring in, who has to learn the new offense. Yeah. I mean, no pressure, young man. Uh, yeah, I, I I wanted to do this question because I knew you would talk about Andrew Brister, and I think that's a great choice. My pick, though, is Turner Carr at OCS. We saw him start last year, but he got injured. Before he got injured, he was on his way to having an exceptional year, and when he got injured, it forced – Stephen Fitzhugh to move pieces around and actually had to, you know, because Ty Panky got hurt as well, he had to actually put Will Fitzhugh back there at quarterback. Now, this year, OCS returns, you know, an offensive line that, that has actually played together um, that, that, that I can tell in talking to Fitzhugh this year, he's confident in. And so with that returning, with Turner Carr back healthy again, if he stays healthy, I think OCS is going to have an incredible year. So I think Carr is the ultimate swing player this year. Third down, we have which new or renewed rivalry has the most potential? Mm. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, So this changed um, this week, actually. I think Bastrop versus 165 can be really interesting. You're shaking your head, but listen to me. Bastrop, I'll run through the, the story real quick again. They came up with the shirts. We run 165. Dean Smith, the head coach of Wasman, retweets it and says, you know, how are you going to disrespect all of 165? And so on and so forth. And the hype built. And now Wasman and Bastrop are playing next year. And Bastrop's coming over to scrimmage Wasman before the season. This is why I say this, Aaron. Adrian Burnett can actually make good on, on his word on those shirts because – They get Sterlington in the Jamboree, then they play Richwood, then next year they play Wasman and Carroll. If he beats all four of those teams, he can come out with a new shirt that says, we ran 165. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I think that is something to keep an eye on, and I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of of hyping that up. Mm. Uh, The rivalry that is ready to take the next step forward. Was it just a one-year deal between Richwood and Sterlington? Two epic matchups last year does this thing carry over for another year be interested to see what both of the team's records will be going into that week and then i think i want to see the saint frederick ocs thing kind of get back hot and heavy that was going to be my pick until all this bastard stuff i think ocs and saint frederick now because they're in the same district and plus because we've seen you know that's been a heated rivalry before Mm -hmm. um now that they're one-sided but heated yeah heated though now they're having to play every year. And you go back to last year, the way last year's game ended. Yeah. St. Frederick had that ball game. Mm-hmm. OCS makes an incredible comeback. 
That's an absolute devastating loss for the St. Frederick players. You don't yeah. think they remember that? Yeah. You don't think they're circling OCS, you know, come this fall? So I'm with you. I think OCS St. Frederick has a ton of potential. And, of course, Andy Robinson, opportunity his first year at St. Frederick to make a, a huge impression if they can beat OCS. All right. Fourth down. Fourth down. Only Wh- have to gain half a yard. Which team makes the Caldwell jump this season? I don't know if I can gain a half yard on this one. <laughs> you got nobody? Well, I mean, who are you going to go with? Just a, a team or a program that struggled last uh-huh, year? Uh-huh. So does Wasman bounce back after just struggling last year? I think so. I, I, I think Wasman bounces back because we've already talked about the district and how Richwood and Sterlington are rebuilding. Union Parish is, is sitting pretty well. Um, but it's, you know, Carroll, we don't really know what they're going to like. Madison, don't really know what they're going to look like. I think the opportunity is there for Wasman to gain some ground because they returned their entire offensive line. Mm-hmm. They were all sophomores last year. Their defense, you know, a lot of times they didn't even know how to line up. They didn't even know where they were supposed to be. They do this year. They return most of their starters on that side of the ball. I think there's an opportunity if they can figure out the quarterback situation, uh, which has kind of haunted them. I think if they can get that straight, I like for them to make a big jump this mm-hmm. year. Does Faraday fall off the face of the earth? That is uh, the big question because they look. It's not every day you get two LSU commits <laughs> no. in a small town like Faraday. Mm. So they still have a lot of great athletes, but uh, it's, it, they're very intriguing to see just how far they fall. And also Rabel, of course, uh, can they match the success that they've had on the basketball court? Feels like they're so close on the football field. They're, they're very athletic, that's for yeah. sure. Uh, Daryl says, I'm most interested in Class 1A, District 1 and 2. Richie, of course, bites off the third down question. And can Caldwell continue their most recent success or the fourth down question? Boy, you talk about having to replace your backfield there. I mean, that's quite a special backfield to replace. You lose Abrams and London. What are you going to do? If you want to do one of those things in the high school ranks, uh, production coming back or production loss. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) Caldwell's going to be far down that list. There's the four downs on this Friday. We're certainly looking forward to the start of the high school football season right around the corner with our previews probably starting sometime the first week in August. Uh, getting closer. I love it. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, we'll talk a little Conference USA and the media days and some of the conversations that Fox and Nick Brown had with Jalen Ferguson and Teddy Veal. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 returns after this. Thankfully, the football season is right around the corner. It is talking season right now with the conference media days. Uh, SEC and Conference USA have wrapped up. Next week, it'll be the Sunbelt Conference's chance down in the Big Easy. They always do a fabulous job. I remember going the first couple of years. It was literally uh, three or four people there. <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration. But it was cool. And all it access. still continues to be all access. I mean, the coaches literally can't avoid you or dodge you. Because it's a smaller group. And, yeah. every, and that's the other cool thing about smaller programs. They, they all want to, they want the publicity. Yeah. And, and they want to get their name out there. And I think that's the biggest part about being a coach at one of the, you know, the group of five is to promote your program, your school. That's what's great about and covering. And yourself, too. That's what's great about covering group five programs, too. Because, you know, the power five programs don't really care if you're there or not. They're going to get, yeah. you know, press regardless. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's great. How has it grown since? I mean, how, how, how big that's is it better. today? Yeah, a lot better. I mean, there's more TV stations. There's a few more uh, reporters. I mean, a few more uh, newspapers. You know, a couple more radio stations. So it ain't bad. 
That's good. Yeah. Uh, Conference USA, of course, they wrapped up theirs yesterday in Frisco, Texas. There was some news uh, yesterday related to Louisiana Tech after the Bulldogs had their big day on Wednesday. Teddy Veal has been named to the 2018 Bolitnikoff Award preseason watch list. Nice honor for him. You look at what he did last year, 74 receptions, receiving yards, 957 touchdown catches. He was named the Conference USA Co-Newcomer of the Year, the Newcomer of the Year in the state of Louisiana, coming for Tulane. Uh, he, of course, uh, was not participating in the spring with an injury. He's expected to be back at full strength. Big things are expected out of Teddy Veal this year being named to that award watch list. Fox and uh, Nick Brown had an opportunity to catch up with Teddy Veal over in Frisco and talk about his expectations for the year. Teddy, have you had barbecue today? Is that what's slowing you down a little bit? Nah, I had some canes. Okay, we had a discussion. Canes. We do. Canes is a great place. One love, you know, we get it all the time. You can get canes everywhere. I, I what know made I, you decide to get canes? Uh, you know, when you press for time. That's true. First for time, first thing we saw. So it is delicious, though. It's kind of hard One to get I get, I got you. Um, West Jeff, right? Yes, sir. All right. So I grew up in the New Orleans area. What's and your What's your favorite rivalry? Is it East Jeff? Nah, nah. You got to put in Carver too. You know. Okay, uh, Carver. I bleed that bleed that orange and green. You know. Okay. All right. Um, for you, I, and I said this when you you transferred from Tulane. I following the Green Wave. I said they're not just getting Tulane's best receiver. I thought they were getting as our about Tech. Tulane's best player. Um, how difficult was it for you to transfer? I know, obviously, being from that area, you, you thought long and hard about it. And what was it about the Tech program that sold you on coming up to Russell? I'm sure an area you weren't familiar with. I mean, it was pretty tough. You know, when you talk about you a semester and a half away from graduating and getting that degree from the University of Tulane, you know, that's incredible. But uh, for me, it was more so about a business decision. And I wasn't really familiar with the area of wrestling, but a uh, quick story. Uh, when Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005, whenever me and my family evacuated, wrestling was one of the places we came to. No kidding. Before I moved to Atlanta. so uh, Did you go to school at all when you moved? Uh, when yeah, you came? I actually went to school in Ruston. I remember wearing the red shirts with the blue pants. So, you know, uh, it's crazy, you know, as um, how things become full circle to you. And uh, me making a decision to come Louisiana Tech was, you know, part of part of the brotherhood that they have and that they built and to continue to build for the um, last couple of years. How long did you stay in Atlanta for? Uh, three years. All right, but you were still a hoot at, right? Oh, you come on, man, you know that. All right, listen, I just <laughs> you, I was hoping that I was hoping that Atlanta didn't rub on, off man. on you. Nah, 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 you know who that baby all, all the way. Um, man, look, you had such a, a a dynamic year last year, so I hate to bring out the negative but I'm gonna talk about the negative before we get to the positive how much does and I know every loss probably hurts right how tough was it to get over that South Carolina game last year I mean it was it was really tough uh it was really tough and uh me and the coaches we talk about it all the time we rather lose the close games than to get blown out because uh when you look at the production and you look at uh your team you're that much closer to overcoming the win, uh, overcoming the losses, whether you get blown out and you have no chance rather at all. Rather lose a game close to get right. blown out because if you lose it close, that means you're in there and got you a shot to no, win it. You had no chance to begin with. Uh, but it was really difficult because we put ourselves in the best situation to win that football game. Uh, but uh, after watching film, you know, you never really know what series of plays that really matter, uh, whether it's the first quarter, second quarter. You never really know. So, I mean – you know, just being able to stay ahead of the chains. 
Talking to Teddy Veal, wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. Do you set goals for yourself and as well as a team goal? Jalen was talking about that elusive conference championship. I mean, you look what Louisiana Tech has done, uh, going to bowl games and winning four in a row, and you've been a part of a couple of those. And now, do you set goals for yourself as well as team goals for the season? I don't really concentrate on more um, more personal goals, but I do um, concentrate on me being productive each and every year because I know if I'm my best, I give Louisiana Tech my best. So I give be, I'll be able to put our team in the best situation um, as possible. I meant to ask Jalen this about you, so I apologize. I'm going to ask you about Jalen. What makes that guy special? Uh, what makes him special, man? His his work ethic, his demeanor, and the way he comes to work every um every other day. Quick story. I uh, was watching watching a workout the other day because I show up to the weight room early before I even have to work out, so I I get a chance to watch them work out. And you talk about a guy that's you know, pushing sleds early in the morning, high throwing up, and he's just still going, still going, still going, still going. So, you know, his demeanor, and you know, he come from come from a place where he struggled. So, you know, you kind of grow up with that chip on your shoulder, and that's what I love about him, man. He's ready to work, willing to work each and every day. All right, don't tell me it's the next game on the schedule. Don't give me the politically <laughs> correct stuff. What game on the schedule this year are you looking forward to the most? I mean – all of them, but like you said, but but like you said, uh, you know, you talk about you got to look forward to um, the big games. You know, you got to look forward to the big games you ever talk about playing at the next level. You know, that's what scouts want to see. That's what they're looking forward to. Who did you play? Uh, what opponents you played against? So I would say that one in Baton Rouge. Is I, I, I would say that'd be big, but I think he'd also say that one September first at South Alabama was a pretty big. Oh game. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, coaches over there, you know, they getting transfers. We on the road the first game. You know, that's pretty good last year, putting the guys in uh in the lead. But I mean, you know, as far as Louisiana Tech, I mean, we never really beat a Power Five school. Have you enjoyed this today? Oh, I love this, man. I love talking to you guys, interacting with everybody. It's special. It's a good experience. We look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Best of luck to you. And like we said to Jalen, uh, we've been close. <laughs> let's see you guys bring home the uh, conference championship Yeah, it's this year. time. It's time. Touchdown, Teddy, brother. Appreciate you. One love. You got it. Teddy, <laughs> Teddy Veal is also looking for a Kane sponsorship. Oh, yeah. yeah. Appreciate you, bud. Appreciate you. You got it. Teddy Veal, everybody. Good stuff there with uh, Teddy. A couple things that really stood out there. The fact that a year and a half away from graduating from Tulane. Impressive. And the fact that he was familiar with Rustin coming after Hurricane Katrina. That's pretty cool. That's a nice side note there with Veal and, of course, his connection to Rustin. We talked about his preseason honor. Uh, How about the fact that uh, Jalen Ferguson was named to the 2018 Chuck Bednarik Award watch list, which is presented the best college defensive player of the year. You look at Ferguson, of course, uh, entering his fifth season, ranked fifth among career leaders in the FBS with 27 and a half sacks in his career. Of course, he got off to a flying start. And then last year, uh, I think he only had about seven, seven and a half sacks, looking to bounce back in a big way for his senior campaign. Fox and Brown had an opportunity to track down Jalen and talk about his expectations for the upcoming year. Man, honored to be sitting across from a standout defensive lineman for the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, Jalen Ferguson, and man, I, I, senior year. Absolutely it is, has, has it has it sunk in yet that this is it? This is the end of the road for you? No, it ain't really signed in yet. It's not going to really sit in until the first day of camp. I realize it's last first day of camp ever. I, I know, obviously, and some people might get, okay, I, I don't start my routine until we get ready for camp, fall practice. 
I know you've been you, – there's probably not been much of an offseason, but knowing that this is it for you, have you been motivated even more in preparation for fall camp to get underway? Yeah, realizing this is your last one. It's your last summer workout with your team, last fall camp with your team, so you're really preparing to be the best that you can be before camp start. When camp get here, you just want to go through it and enjoy it, not have to try to hurry up and get back in shape or try to get football ready. You want to enjoy your last count with your team. Okay, you talk about getting in shape. I can tell you, I saw you on the sidelines all season. You have uh, slimmed up. I know you've been working out hard, so you're probably in the, in the best shape you've been. You didn't want to come into camp out of shape. No, I didn't want to come into camp too heavy. I'll come back into the season too heavy. Last year I did. I came in the season heavy, heavy, heavy. By the end of the season, I had a rapid change in my body weight, and I wasn't the same player. So this year I'm going to come in at 265 to stay, stay at the top of 265. I lost the gut, but I'm still That's what I'm saying. You, you, there is no, I mean, very <laughs> little fat you, you, at all. You, yeah. Well, we were walking, uh, or they were walking, we were driving, and you go, Jalen's lost weight. <laughs> I lost the gut, but I still got all the furries still here. Um, do you, I don't know if you're paying attention to the outside, the, the, the media. You look at the draft stuff for next year, top 100 players. You're on all these lists. Motivating, or do you pay any attention to that and try to distract or try to get away from it? Try to get, get away from it. Try not to develop a big head around my teammates because I got teammates like Jordan Bradford and Kadarian Mason and Emmanuel Turner. I got good players around me, so it's hard to feel like the best player in the room when you're surrounded by so many good players. Uh, very good and great good answer. Yeah, very good answer. I want to ask you something because college football is changing this year. I'm not sure if you're aware of the rule on the red shirt that you're yeah. able to play in four games. How big now, looking back, was that red shirt year for you? It was great for me. It gave me a year to develop, got bigger, because I came in 217. By the time football season rolled around, I was 225. I was definitely not college football weight, but it gave me a chance to sit back and enjoy the whole experience. I went to a lot of football games. I met a lot of players. I went through it at practice, went through the playbook. It gave me a year to mature before stepping out on the big stage. I know, you, pretty good. I know you guys are pressed for time, so I'll give you one more question. You guys have accomplished a lot. One of them is – uh, it's alluded you, is a conference championship. Is that your main motivation? Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.